Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Sheikh Muhammad Duar. Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bihuda. Amma ba'd. Brothers and sisters, we take a new chapter from the great book Al-Ha'iyya, which is the poem, the famous poem written in Aqidah by one of the great imams of the Salaf, Abu Bakr ibn Abi Dawood al-Sijistani rahimahullah. And tonight's chapter is one which Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah considers to be from the usul of the religion, from the fundamentals and the foundations of the deen. And it's no surprise that the Imam Rahimahullah will place a chapter like this in this book in order to clarify our position regarding Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his words. For the Imam, he says Rahimahullah, وَدَا عَنْكَ آرَاءَ الرِّجَالِ وَقَوْلَهُمْ فَقَوْلُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أَسْكَ وَأَشْرَحُ Here, he says, and leave off the opinions and the statements of men. Leave off, avoid the opinions and the statements of the rijal, meaning the men. Because the statement of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is more pure and more comforting to the chest. Straight away, you can see what he intends with this line. When he says, leave off the opinion of men, because the words of Rasulullah sallallahu are more pure and comforting to the chest, what is the Imam saying here? That no one's words are given preference over the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are above and higher than everyone else. And the Shaykh says in the explanation, this is pertaining to another matter which is that inevitably differences of opinion will occur among the scholars on different issues. There will always be ikhtilaf, differences of opinion between the ulama. When you study fiqh, jurisprudence, you'll always come across one opinion, two opinions, three opinions, four opinions, maybe up to ten or more opinions sometimes, in the same matter or the same issue. One scholar may say that this thing is halal and another might say it's haram. This happens. And likewise, there's even ikhtilaf that happens in matters of aqidah, the sheikh says. But the ikhtilaf in aqidah is not like the ikhtilaf in fiqh. In fiqh, there is room for differing. Yeah? It's acceptable to have difference of opinion in matters of fiqh. In aqidah, there is differences of opinion, 
but it doesn't mean they're acceptable. Because the aqidah, the true aqidah is one only. And that's the aqidah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anyone that has a different opinion to that is a deviant. But the reality is there is even ikhtilaf in aqidah between truth and falsehood. As well in issues of jurisprudence and transactions among the people. Without a doubt, differences are bound to happen. And this is because it is the nature of man to have ikhtilaf. It's, it's natural for people to differ, even in worldly matters, in worldly sciences. You might have this professor have an opinion on something and this professor have a different opinion. It's the nature of man to have ikhtilaf. And Allah Azza wa Jal in the Quran, He said, وَلَا يَزَالُونَ مُخْتَلِفِينَ إِلَّا مَنْ رَحِمَ رَبُّكَ They will not cease to disagree. They continue to be in disagreement except him who Allah has mercy on. Only the ones who, have, who Allah has mercy on them, they do not differ. Meaning differ in the major issues. The issues of aqidah. You could share the same aqidah with someone but have differences of opinion in fiqh. This is okay, there's no problem. However, the Sheikh says, in the face of this differing, we are not allowed to take whatever opinion we like in matters of the religion just because it agrees with our whims and desires. This is a very important point. Some people think that just because there is an opinion on something, that it's okay to take that opinion. And sometimes that is the teacher's fault, and not necessarily the students, where they would mention, for example, three, four opinions, and then they will leave the person to say, Whichever one you want to choose, choose Because they're all opinions of scholars This is an incorrect understanding of the deen Because the truth As many of our scholars have mentioned Al-haqqu la yata'addad The truth does not multiply Meaning The truth cannot be two or three opinions If especially they are opposites. Something cannot be halal and haram at the same time. Yeah? So because of this, the correct understanding of the religion is to always follow the strongest opinion. And the strongest opinion is the one that has the strongest proof. That's your manhad. Not wallah, there's three or four opinions, I look at them, whichever one sounds good, whichever one yani, uh, suits me, I'm going to take. No. This is playing around with the religion now. And that's what the Sheikh is saying. You don't take from the religion what suits you. You take what is taught to you to believe the haqq and the strongest of opinions. He says we are only obliged to take those opinions that are established by Dalil. 
from the Quran and the Sunnah. And this, as it is found in the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, where Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, ati'u Allah wa ati'u al-rasool wa uli al-amri minkum, fa'in tanaza'tum fi shay' faruddu'hu ila Allah wal-rasool. إن كنتم تؤمنون بالله واليوم الآخر ذلك خير وأحسن تأويلا. This verse ends every discussion on this topic. Allah Azza wa Jal says, O you who believe, obey Allah and obey His Messenger and those who are in authority. Ulul Amr means your Islamic Muslim leaders. Allah says, obey Allah, his messenger, and those in authority over you. Then Allah says, and if you differ between yourselves in anything, what should you do? Not pick whichever you want. Allah says, if you differ amongst yourselves, فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ Take the matter back to Allah and his messenger. And you'll always find the answer. Take the matter back to Allah and His Messenger. In kuntum tu'minuna billahi wal yawmil akhir. If you truly believe in Allah and the last day. What does that tell you? Only the ones who truly believe in Allah and the last day will take every affair back to Allah and His Messenger. Especially matters that they differ on. You might differ with me on something. We should both. Have an open mind and an open heart and say, take it back to the kitab and the sunnah. Whoever's right, alhamdulillah, we accept. Whoever's incorrect must change his opinion. This is the deen. It's not about pride. It's not about ego. It's not about arrogance. It's not about my opinions over yours or your opinion is over mine. No. If you're sincere in seeking the truth, you'll take the truth no matter where it is or who it's from. And that's what Allah Azza wa Jal said. When you differ in something, take it back to Allah and His Messenger. And once you know Allah and His Messenger have ruled, you should have no other option. Sami'na wa ata'na. This is what it means to be a Muslim. And that's why the Imam is saying, leave the opinions of men. This does not mean avoid the scholars. No. We need the, the scholars are like the stars. They lead you in the right direction, no doubt. But what he is teaching us here is that when the sunnah is made clear to you, you do not put any words over the sunnah, no matter who it is. So if you differ in anything among yourselves, refer it to Allah, meaning the Qur'an, and His Messenger. Meaning refer it back to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that verse for the sahaba meant take it back to him. فَرُدُّهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ The sahaba, they were blessed. If they differed in something, they will take it back to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam directly. As for us now, we don't have Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa with us. Taking it back to him means taking it back to his sunnah. Which has been recorded for us. It is as if sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is present among us with the existence of his sunnah. 
فإتس لايك ذا بروفيسور صلى الله عليه وسلم كان ستيل جيف ذا رولينج فور اس بيكوز وي هاف هيز سنه اند ذات ا جريت بليسينج فور اس اند ذات از واي ان حديث النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم said he among you who lives long enough will see what much ikhtilaf and nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam allah azza wa jal showed him matters of the unseen he knew that the ummah is going to have a lot of ikhtilaf and he said that whoever from you lives long will witness a lot of differing so what did he say alaykum bi sunnati So stick to my sunnah and the sunnah of the Khulafa al-Rashidin, the rightly guided caliphs, which are Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali, radiyallahu ta'ala anhum. They're the four rightly guided Khulafa, as the scholars of Ahl sunnah have taught. So look how the Prophet ﷺ, he knew. And he knew the problem and he gave the solution. The problem, ikhtilaf. The solution, stick to his sunnah. And when you stick to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, you are united upon haqq. You're united upon truth. And that's what prevents ikhtilaf. Unity upon the sunnah. Unity upon the kitab and the sunnah. And the Prophet ﷺ also said, Verily I leave amongst you that which if you held firm to it you will never go astray I leave you with something if you hold on to it you will never be misguided The book of Allah and my sunnah The Sheikh says therefore it is not permissible for us to take the opinions we like just because they agree with our desires or emotions Some people practice their deen like that. They look for any opinion that suits them. As long as it's an opinion. Habibi, in this day and age, you will find an opinion for whatever you want. That's the, re- that's the sad reality. You will find an opinion for whatever you want. I recall once I was informed about a so-called sheikh here in Australia. A man went to him. telling the sheikh i've divorced my wife three times but i still love her and i want her back is there any is there any taking her back now after three divorces we know that that's not the case he gave him a fatwa on the madhhab of the ja'fariyah one of the sects in shia that you have up to seven divorces and he gave her back to him yeah but what we're saying my brothers and sisters You'll find a fatwa for whatever you want. But Allah Azza wa Jal knows. Are you sincerely seeking the truth or you're just seeking your desires? Riba halal, this halal, that halal. Everything's become halal from the muharramat. Wal'iyadu billah. Do not think of yourself as smart. Oh, wallah, I found the fatwa. You'll find the fatwa from Iblis if you want. But, is it the truth you have to be a seeker of the truth and the seeker of the truth accepts the haq regardless if it's for him or against him that's how you know your sincerity 
He says, and it is not permissible for us to say this ruling is easier and more conductive for the people, or this is the flexibility that is sought. Some people say this fatwa is more flexible for the people, or it's more conductive for the people. The Sheikh says this speech is she falsehood, as many of the contemporary writers of this era and the people of desires utter. They say statements such as different differences is a mercy or differing is a mercy. This is not true. Differing is not a mercy. Some people even quote that from Rasulullah. They say there's a hadith the Prophet said, Ikhtilaf ummati rahma. The ikhtilaf between my ummah is a mercy. This is falsehood. And it's a hadith makdhub. It's a fabricated hadith about Rasulullah. Our deen calls to uniting and being one and the kalima being one upon the truth. Not differing is a mercy. The Sheikh says, we say to differ is not a mercy. However, to unite and agree is a mercy. As for differing, it is a punishment as well as evil. As Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, the great Sahabi said, to differ is evil. And it's true, ikhtilaf is evil. He says, yes, differing occurs. However, that does not mean we say, this matter is from the vastness of the religion. That's another thing that the people of falsehood say. The fact that the matter might have three, four, five, six, seven opinions of scholars, they'll tell you that's mercy. That shows you the vastness of the religion, that there's so many options. No, this is incorrect. As the ulama said, the truth does not multiply. At the end of the day, the truth is one. Whichever scholar hits it, he gets two rewards. And if the scholar is seeking the truth and his opinion is incorrect, he gets one reward for his ijtihad. But it does not mean his opinion is correct. Not all the opinions are going to be correct. That does not make sense. Like when you take a mas'ala in fiqh, when you take a fiqhi mas'ala, you will get Two or three or four opinions which are opposite. Something One scholar will say something is halal and the other scholar will say that same thing is haram. How can both of them be correct at the end of the day? No. One is going to be correct. That thing cannot be halal and haram at the same time. At the end of the day, one of them is going to be correct and that's the opinion with the stronger evidence or the strongest evidence. As for the other scholar, he'll be rewarded for his ijtihad. But it does not mean his opinion is true or correct. And these people that preach this, they try to use some ahadith that on face value, it might look like it agrees with them. But the reality is, it does not. And one of the most famous ahadith that they try to use to justify that the haqq multiplies is the hadith of the two companions who made tayammum. 
There were two companions traveling. And as they were traveling, as the hadith mentioned, it was time for salah. They didn't have water. So what did they do? They done tayammum and they prayed. After they prayed, they kept traveling. It was still within the time of the salah. So let's say, for example, they prayed the dhuhr with tayammum. They continued traveling, it was still dhuhr. They found water. So the two companions discussed it with each other. What do we do? We prayed the dhuhr with tayammum, but now we found water. Should we repeat the prayer? One companion said no. He said, I prayed, I don't need to repeat the prayer. The other companion said, but we found water. So he made, so he made wudu with the water and he prayed. So one companion prayed and one didn't. They reached Rasulullah and of course they wanted to ask him, what does Allah say? If you differ in something, take it back to Allah and his messenger. So they asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What did the Prophet sallallahu say? The one who repeated the prayer, he said to him, you got two rewards. The one who didn't repeat the prayer, the one that said, I prayed with tayammum, that's sufficient. He said to him, you did the sunnah. So the companion that repeated the prayer, he got two rewards. The companion that didn't repeat the prayer, he done the sunnah. The people that say you can pick whichever opinion you want or the, all the opinions are correct and whatever else, they use this hadith as a proof. In the look, the Prophet ﷺ told him he got two rewards and he told him he, got, he done the sunnah. So that means they're both right and that's incorrect. The Prophet ﷺ did not say they're both right. The companion who repeated the prayer, he got two rewards because that was his ijtihad. He believed that was the correct thing to do. So Allah rewards him with two rewards. The reward of praying with tayammum and the reward of praying with wudu. So he got reward for that, reward for that. As for the companion that didn't repeat the prayer, the Prophet ﷺ told him, you did the sunnah. And the scholars said, after that hadith, you can't repeat the prayer again. Because Rasulullah told us what the sunnah is now. So who was correct? The one who done the sunnah. So how can you say that the haq multiplies? Or any opinion is correct? This is not correct. And this will only confuse the people. It would not help them. He says Allah Azza wa Jal says فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ If you differ in anything among yourselves refer to Allah and His Messenger. This is the scale which we have in front of us. Allah did not leave us to differing and to the opinions of so and so from among the people. Rather we have been commanded to refer our differences back to the scale, back to the Qur'an and the Sunnah. 
If it is the case that a person be from the people of knowledge and he has the ability to discern the correct position, then it is not allowed for him to take an opinion in spite of its defect until he compares it to the book and the sunnah. If a person has knowledge and he can study the opinions and derive the stronger opinions based on dalil, he can't pick what he wants. As for the layman, you and I, the layman, who does not do that, does not derive the ahkam and the rulings, he takes the fatwa of his people of knowledge. And that's a mercy. Because Allah knows that the layman is not able and capable of deriving the proofs and the evidence himself. So his responsibility is to take from the fatwa of his scholars. And whatever they rule for him, he takes. As long as they are trustworthy and reliable people of knowledge. And that's what Allah says. فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. So the layman does not know, so he asks the people of knowledge. And it was a custom of the scholars to warn the people from taking their statements without knowledge of their proofs. The early Muslims, my dear brothers and sisters, the Salaf, they would always warn us from taking their opinion if we didn't know their dalil. So they themselves would warn against blind following. Look at Imam Malik rahimahullah. Imam Malik said, each one of us can have his statement accepted or rejected except for the occupant of this grave. And he pointed to the grave of Rasulullah That's Imam Malik rahimahullah. He's saying everyone can have his opinion accepted or rejected. In other words, don't blind follow. Everyone can have his opinion accepted or rejected except the owner of this grave. Rasulullah If he speaks, there's no second opinion. He also said, is it every time a person comes to us that is more persuasive in argumentation than another person? We are to abandon what Jibreel revealed to Muhammad accepting instead the argumentation of these people. What does that mean? Imam Malik is telling you just because someone can argue good, if he's not talking with Dalil, you still follow the Kitab and the Sunnah. Again, they're warning from what? The opinions of men over the Quran and the Sunnah. Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah, the great Imam, he said, if a hadith is sahih, it is my madhab. Allahu Akbar. Imam al-Shafi'i, the one that many people blind follow, is telling us, if the hadith is authentic, I'm telling you it is my madhab. So then how? Can we put an opinion of Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah over a hadith of Rasulullah How? By doing so, we're going against the Imam. So many of the people who claim to follow Imam al-Shafi'i in reality are doing the complete opposite of what he told them to do. 
And the same with Imam Malik and Abu Hanifa and Ahmad and the rest, rahimahumullah. Imam al-Shafi also said, if my statement contradicts the statement of Rasulullah look at these words, can't get clearer. Imam al-Shafi is telling us, if my words contradict the words of Rasulullah what should we do? He said, throw my statement into the wall. Does it make sense Imam al-Shafi would want us to put his words over the words of Rasulullah It's impossible. And Abu Hanifa, and Malik, and Ahmad, rahimahumullah, they all had the same goal. And that was to achieve the sunnah. So how can we put words over the words of Rasulullah Yami put Abu Hanifa, Malik, Shafi, Ahmad on the side, Rahimahumullah, as great as they are. And they're from the greatest of our scholars. Put them on the side for a second. Let's talk Abu Bakr and Umar. Is there anyone greater than Abu Bakr and Umar in this ummah? Is Abu Bakr and Umar greater than Malik and Shafi and Ahmad and Abu Hanifa and Bukhari and Muslim and Tirmidhi and the rest? Does anyone disagree with that? No one. Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhum are the shaykhan, the two shaykhs, meaning the greatest, after Rasulullah Abdullah ibn Abbas, the great faqih, the scholar from the Sahaba, he was asked a question after the death of Rasulullah So he said, I heard Rasulullah on this topic say one, two, three. So then the people who asked him said, but we heard Abu Bakr and Umar say one, two, three. Look at this dialogue. Ibn Abbas is being asked a question. He answered with what? The hadith of Rasulullah So the people said to him, but we heard Abu Bakr and Umar. They didn't say, we heard Bukhari, we heard Muslim, we heard Shafi, we heard Abu Hanifa, even though they didn't exist in that time. But they said to Ibn Abbas, we heard Abu Bakr and Umar, yani the greatest. What did Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu say? To teach you what true Islam is. He said, Allahu Akbar. I tell you Rasulullah said this, and you tell me Abu Bakr and Umar said this. In other words, how can you even think to put the words of Abu Bakr and Umar on top of the words of Rasulullah he said, I fear that Allah from his anger will send down a punishment from the heavens upon us. Just for that statement. So if Abu Bakr and Umar, radiallahu anhum, the greatest of this ummah, if their words cannot be put on top or even next to the words of Rasulullah we want to put the words of this scholar and that scholar over the words of Rasulullah No, that's not Islam. Once the sunnah is cleared to you, once the sunnah becomes clear, you should have no other option. No matter what madhab you follow, and following a madhab is okay, as long as you don't blind follow. 
You can be a Hanbali, you can be a Shafi'i, you can be a Hanafi. No problem. No one has ever said you can't follow a madhab. But they warn against blind following. So even if you follow a madhab, and you study the madhab, and you learn it, and you implement it, do not ever be someone who if a hadith comes to you from the Prophet which goes against your madhab, and you put your madhab on top of that hadith. This is clear misguidance. Because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is our qudwa. He's our example, no one else. Allah sent him to be followed. The scholars are the stars. They direct us to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So yes, they're important and they're needed. And the madhabs are needed, without a doubt. But at the end of the day, no one's words can be above the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inshallah, we'll continue with this point in our next lesson, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. Wallahu a'lam, wa sallallahu wa sallam, wa barak ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio, 